Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Back in 1620, those pilgrims who boarded the Mayflower to come to a new land drafted something called the Mayflower Compact. And it stated their intention for the land they were about to enter. We'll see if you catch anything a little bit weird about that. They wrote, In the name of God, Amen. We, whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, And having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these words present solemnly and naturally in the presence of God and one of another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. Did you know the pilgrims intended to go to northern Virginia? They didn't get there. They, of course, landed in Massachusetts. Things didn't go quite as planned for them. They also stated, in the name of God, that they were doing this for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith. And I want to ask you, did that go according to their plans? As we now, 403 years later, survey the nation in which we live, is this nation here to the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith? Perhaps not quite as the pilgrim fathers intended. We do indeed give thanks to God that we can gather as the people of God freely in this place without coercion, without hindrance. We can be here to hear the word of God, to receive his gifts, and share in the company of one another as Christians. And yet... You do not need to look hard to recognize that the Christian church in America today is becoming more and more a remnant. That Christ, his word, are seldom the things that are honored and given glory in this land of ours, but something that gains us scorn. And hatred. What you do with that word of God is ultimately what establishes and defines a truly Christian land. As the children of Israel were nearing the end of their wilderness wandering and were on the threshold of entering the land of promise, 
Moses addressed the people in our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy 8. The whole command that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. The idea of a land of promise, a land to the glory of God, a land established on the word of the Lord, had been promised to Abraham centuries before. And now was about to come fruition. As those Israelites crossed the river Jordan into the land of promise. We could ask the same question we ask of ourselves and our nation. The pilgrim fathers wanted to establish for us a land to the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. What about Israel? Did they remain in the word of the Lord and the commands that he had given them? Or did they reject God's promises? Did they ultimately reject his Messiah? They reject the promise made to their fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to Moses and David. Did they hear the words of the prophets sent to them? Did they repent and return to the Lord? As John the Baptist would tell them in Matthew 3 when he came to them, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Though Israel, by and large, rejected the word of the Lord that came to them, and were time and again driven from that land of promise, the word of the Lord has not stopped going forth into the ears of people who would hear it. And indeed... The Lord God has raised up stones to be children of Abraham. The word of his son Jesus Christ has been preached to stony hearts like yours and mine. So that you and I might be those children. That we might call Abraham our father. And receive the promise of a land. St. Paul writes in Galatians 3, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So as we gather together the people of God this night, perhaps lamenting that the dream of the pilgrims didn't exactly come to fruition, that this isn't exactly the land for the advancement of the Christian faith, that was being sought. My dear fellow children of Abraham, there is a land promised to those who hear the word of God and keep it. A land promised to those who are heirs according to the promise, to those who are in Christ. A land promised to you, his Israel. A land where, as we heard in our Old Testament reading, a land of 
Wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, a land in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper, a land where your clothing does not wear out, where your foot does not swell. No, it's not the land on the other side of the Jordan. It's the land that your Lord God has prepared for you for all eternity, where you never hunger, where you never have need. Because the Lord Jesus Christ, in dying for your sin and rising from the dead as Savior and victor over the grave, has established you as children of our father, Abraham. As children of God the Father. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. You see, this land, this good land of promise and of plenty, is found wherever Jesus is reigning and ruling as king over all. Where his kingdom is among us, forgiving us our sins, delivering us his body and blood, and holding before our eyes, our ears, and our hearts the promise of the eternal land that never, ever goes away. You have come to your promised land tonight. Where that word of the Lord establishes you as children of Abraham, children of the Heavenly Father, and those who are indeed in Christ. In our gospel for tonight, ten lepers cleansed, told to go to the priest to show that they had been cleansed. One returned glorifying God and falling at Jesus' feet in worship. He was a Samaritan, an outsider. And yet there at the feet of Jesus, this leper is the true child of promise, recognizing in Jesus this Samaritan, he himself can be called one of Abraham's children. And so, thanks be to God. We gather tonight in thanksgiving here in this land of our fathers. Those who sought a Christian land and failed, but gave glory and honor to God and his son Jesus and recognized him as Lord and Redeemer and King. The fathers of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God the Father. Here we gather in the land of our fathers, the land of the Heavenly Father, the land where we, Israel, are blessed for all eternity. And in this land, dear children of Abraham, you are given in abundance. Here, you are given the things of eternity. 
here tonight, you feast on heavenly food. Because the very Jesus who sits at the right hand of God the Father delivers to you his very body and blood to nourish you and strengthen you and equip you and stave off the attacks of the devil for you. That very blood cleanses you of the leprosy of your sin and gives you an inheritance that can't be taken away. You, Israel, children of Abraham, you have a land in which you gather tonight to enjoy the bounty of the Lord and a land that can never be taken away from you because it will, like our Lord, endure forever. Together, let us give thanks unto the Lord our God for his abundant blessing to us, his dear children and his chosen people. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.